Welcome to the Spark Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Edwin. Joining us on today's episode are a couple of local legends, ultra runners, parents, business owners, leaders at Kempsville Run Club, and ultimately, fire starters. Fire starters. <laughs> Let's welcome Jeff and Angela Jordan to today's episode. Jeff. Angela, how's it going? Did you guys run? I don't even know why I'm asking you guys if you guys ran. I'm sure you guys did. <laughs> but, oh, today actually, I was uh, I was on the bike. <laughs> okay. This week is going to be a little bit of a recovery week for me, so I'll hit it uh, Saturday morning with the Run Club. Hit it with point two Monday night, just for a few miles, and uh, it's been a, a couple of uh, pretty long weeks. So I'm just recovering this week. I've been seeing your miles on Strava, and they just keep going up and up and up. <laughs> just continuously goes up yeah. but it's I would need about a year to uh, recover <laughs> yes you do that's a lot of miles you guys put in but i mean we'll get into more of your miles so to get things rolling uh tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves so that they can get better acquainted with you guys we've been married for 25 years we have two boys uh ethan and tyler and they're 19 and 16 uh, I'm Angela, and we are, you know, we're busy people, um, you know, with it being parents and running our own business, and this whole idea of, of running is is fairly new to us, but one that we jumped in with both feet first and, and haven't looked back. That's pretty awesome. I remember when we first met you, you were joining us on one of our uh, Spark challenges, and <laughs> we, we had some little Strava post <laughs> of the mileage tracking and both you uh angela and jeff you guys completed the 50 mile challenge in like one week so it was like oh my gosh it's so crazy man you guys are you guys are just ridiculous well i think we learned early on that consistency was the key for our success so i mean we got when we first started running like it was a daily thing for us. So, so those miles kind of racked up fast. So, I mean, how, how long have you guys been running? Well, so that's kind of the funny thing. I, I would say we've probably been dabbling in running for probably 10 or 12 years, but seriously, like actually running probably year less, and a half. Less than two yeah, years. Yeah, less than two years. Oh, oh wow. wow, man. You know, that's we'd, amazing. we'd show up and do the occasional 5k and 10k because they were fun little parties and it was, it was fun to be a part of them. But like, like we had no idea what we were doing mm. you know shoes that we bought off the internet probably you know <laughs> like like we were pretending to be runners and that's i think oh i would i would grab a pair of tennis shoes hop off the couch go to a race and run with my tongue hanging out and just all out and uh i'm surprised they didn't have to use paddles on me when i finished those runs because i would just <laughs> just all out just go for it and but the idea, no, no yeah. training at all the idea of actually you know, getting fit and being fit and staying, you know, healthy, like that didn't enter into our minds really even until about, about two years ago, not, well, not even quite two years ago. Yeah. But, so let's, let's talk about that. Cause, and I didn't even know you guys had this amazing fitness journey and I wanted you guys to share a little bit about that. And, and did that go hand in hand with your running? So if, if you don't mind just sharing with our listeners, where you guys started and then how you guys got to where you guys are at now. Yeah. For me, ever since high school, uh, when the sports dropped off and I replaced that with things that were less cardio, like, uh, bowling and golf, 
and uh, just continued to eat like I was a kid and with no real discipline. And so when uh, 2020 COVID, that pandemic kind of started, I found myself at 264 pounds on the scale and I'm not even 5'8". So I was uh, kind of a bowling ball myself um, <laughs> and uh, just kind of had a something snapped. And I knew that I was medically going to going to be uh, in a lot of trouble very soon if I didn't get a handle on things, um, being almost 50 years old and, and the largest I'd ever been. So um, Angela had uh, started using the Peloton app and she had gotten a stationary bike. And uh, I hopped on that and I, I got a hold of a calorie counting app called Lose It. And that was where I just decided to take control of my eating and, and start to exercise. And the lie that I really bought into was that that I didn't have time to exercise. That was what I so busy, you know, with my work and so many things to do on my to-do list. I just didn't have time to exercise. And uh, that's what I told myself. And I finally told her, I said, look, I have to make this a priority. Something's got to give. Our priorities have to shift. I have to make exercise a priority. And so just kind of drew a line in the sand, started using a calorie counting app. Well, and um, that's where the Kimsdale Run Club also came in for that consistency that we, you know, drawing that line in the sand and, and getting that consistency, showing up with them on a regular basis and, you know, people expecting you to be somewhere and to show up. It puts a little bit of fire in your step, but, oh, you know what, I, I've got to get up today because they're expecting me to be there. And, and it, this is long before we were ever involved in the leadership. We were just there to, to download all the information that we possibly could from actual, like, experienced runners. You know, here we were. I knew that there was two things that we needed when we started running. I needed a watch to actually track my runs and a good pair of shoes. And we started there, and then everything else just kind of you know, we just kind of soaked it up as we talked to other people in the running community and that, you know, you get, em you get embraced with open arms by other runners and it's kind of amazing. A lot of times when you invest yourself in the, into the running community, you don't know how vast and how large it is until right. you actually just like delve into it. For me, I didn't know how, how large the community was until I actually started like committing to it. Yeah. And so so when you start having that consistency that you did mention with Kempsville Run Club, I love that because it just keeps like-minded people around you and it keeps you accountable for, for everything, right? Yeah, and with the, with the exercise bike, the thing for me was I, I could burn like 350 calories in a half hour, but then running, I would burn 500 calories in a half hour. And I was like, well, from a time management standpoint, this makes sense. I kind of like this running thing. And yeah. uh, running outdoors, running with others. I'm a chatter. If you've run with me, you know I chat. <laughs> with with uh, you know, it takes if somebody picks the pace up, that's how to quiet me down. You know, take my wind <laughs> away, and and you don't have to listen to me talk. But but yeah, the the run club. We at first it became just uh well we'll show up when we can when our schedule allows, and then we started shifting our schedule around to say hey, we need to be there. So yeah, we put exercise as a non-negotiable. I committed in the beginning to 30 minutes a day and it literally started out as I'm going to get on the treadmill and walk. And sometimes it was nine o'clock at night when I finally found my 30 minute window to be able to actually get on and walk. But I committed to that 30 minutes a day. And then when we started running, it became the non-negotiable. Even if we had to literally lock the doors at night at work and come back to things, you know, if we couldn't just leave things as they were. We were, we were going to stop and do our Wednesday night run. And then, of course, 
Kemsville, they added a, a Saturday morning run later on, but we, we had to make those a non-negotiable. It had to be that that took a priority so that we could get our health, you know, in, in check. Um, and of course, I know Jeff, he talked about how, you know, where he started with his weight, he was at 265 pounds. I was, and I'm only five foot four. I am not tall. And I was 195 pounds. There was a significant amount of weight that I needed to lose. So, I mean, like a normal, like a, like a healthy BMI for me, like my healthy weight is in like the 125 range, 120s, 125. So like, that's a lot. And I'm still not, I'm still not there yet, but yeah, that's where we knew that we had some, we knew that we had a lot of work to do. And, and we knew that consistency over time would equal success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where running became that, that we have to do this on a regular basis. And, you know, we're looking at it from the standpoint of calories in versus calories out. And yes, that is to some extent the equation that you're using and running allowed us to eat more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's very true. You run to eat. I, I do it all the time. Yeah. yeah, so it's really, it sounds like a lifestyle change for you guys. Um, oh, ultimately, oh, sure. you put your health, you know, that first. And, and in other v- interviews we've had with other people, they said, you know, you make time for things that are important. And like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, how you thought there wasn't the time, but you just, you just kind of make time. You wake up at what, three in the morning and, and run. Sometimes. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, you do. I see you on Strava. <laughs> with your headlight but um so yes so if you don't mind sharing with our listeners combined i guess from the start of your journey like how many pounds have you guys lost in total so i lost 60 yeah and uh and i at the one year mark because we had started we kind of had our fitness anniversary that september of 21 and uh like a weight like a fighter cutting weight for a uh, a weigh-in i was so close to 100 pounds that i went out for a good run and hopped on the scale and i was like yes 100 pounds i've done it and uh right now i'm probably walking around in the 170s but um but yeah but so we've lost over 150 pounds between the two of us wow that is crazy because you mentioned that you guys consistently ran but that also had to have some type of nourishment did you guys change your diet too did you guys go vegan or i mean what did you guys do for that? So I, yes, um, a little bit of a shift to a vegan diet, although not completely. I mean, there's still some meat, a little bit of dairy here and there, um, more so in Jeff's diet than mine. Um, but really it was, it was cutting out processed foods and all the little things that, you know, you shouldn't eat white flour. You know, if you think about anything that has white flour in it and what you're possibly eating, it's probably something that's processed that you shouldn't eat. So not even, not even cutting out carbs. I know there's a lot of people who want to do a low carb diet, um, high protein, that sort of thing. But my diet throughout was consistently probably 85% carbs. Yeah. As a runner, you need carbs and people don't understand that, you know? Yeah. Well, and a, and a, and a healthy vegan diet really is, is mostly carbs, but you also have to look at, I looked at fiber and fat content. I mean, calories, yes, to some extent, but I knew that if, if I could get my, my fiber content up, that my diet was healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Something like 97% of Americans are deficient in fiber because we don't eat enough vegetables and fruits. Meat and dairy have no fiber. So it's one of those things where if you're adding in fiber, you're adding in things that are healthy for you. 
So that was, those are the two things that I looked at. And I looked at fat just from a standpoint of saturated fat is not good for you. It's one of the things that, you know, causes type two diabetes. And so I was trying to keep fat content low because of that, not because fat makes you fat, but because fat causes other problems with regard to like clogged arteries and that sort of stuff. So those are the two things I kind of focused on. And that was the great thing about the little app that we had where we were tracking all of our, our calories and the food that we were taking in. It was really kind of an eye opener as to, you know, how good is this actually for me? And it really became a shift to let me nourish this body instead of let me just take in all the things that make me feel good. You know, the things that, that, that you know, satisfy that taste bud. So yes, um, a shift to a healthier diet. I, and I wouldn't even say, I do tend to make a lot of vegan meals and that sort of thing. And I'd say probably the only time meat or dairy enters my diet would be probably with a little bit of dinner, but at the same time, it's not, it's not a hundred percent, but it's really a shift towards healthier unprocessed foods. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I, I did for one month, I, I went strictly vegan. Um, and it was, that was for me to prepare for this Disney challenge that we had going on. It was about like 20 miles in total. And that consisted of like a lot of like tofu and a lot of like bean sprouts and a lot of rice and mm. stuff like that. After I kind of switched my diet like that, I really felt like that my, I, I felt a little more lighter on my feet and felt a little, a little, honestly, I just felt more efficient. And yeah. so I really encourage people to, if they do want to start committing to like running or physical activity, that the diet, your nourishment is key to be successful. Well, even from a recovery standpoint, you know, all yeah, of that exactly. Yeah. So you guys have been pretty much on this journey for like two years now. Sounds It'll be like two it. years in September. Yeah. So yeah, we're not quite there yet. I mean, you guys have sounded like you've been staying pretty consistent with it. So I know that a lot of people try to go through weight loss and even exercise and they go through these roller coaster phases where it's like, they're all in and then boom, they're, they're out and then they go back in. So Tell our listeners, you know, give them some, um, I guess, tips or pointers on how to stay committed like you guys have. You know, it's not just one mega effort that gets you there. It's just being consistent, taking steps in the right direction uh, on a daily basis. And there are going to be days because, I mean, with if food is one of your vices, which I've struggled with food, you know, my entire life, you know, I met with it several times a day. We have to eat. So we have to battle that on a daily basis. And, and if one day you mess up or slip up, that's not going to derail you. You just get back up and, and get going in the right direction. So um, I would say just small steps and consistent, being consistent versus, versus this huge effort where you're starving yourself and, and depriving yourself and then you, you end up having to snap back. Well, and I would say, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, well, oh, you know, Sunday afternoon, that's my cheat day. I would say don't have a cheat day. Like this is, this is, you're, you're changing your diet for, for life. And if you're, you know, an entire, you can undo an entire week's worth of good in one meal on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. You know, you're, we're not talking about cutting out, you know, a thousand calories a day. We're talking about, you know, you might have a three to 500 calorie deficit in a day or, and actually maybe not even that much when you're talking about trying to actually lose weight and how much of a deficit you have, I think you have to have, what is it like 3000 calorie deficit to lose one pound. So mm. if, if over the course <laughs> of a week, you've got a deficit of, 
you know, 1500 calories, and then you go out to a restaurant and you just completely blow that 1500 calories, you did no good all week with making progress toward the goal. So I would encourage you instead of, you know, a whole cheat day or a whole cheat meal, you know, throughout the week, okay, maybe I, I eat the one Oreo cookie that is sitting there staring me in the face. You know, we have teenage boys, so we still had junk food in the house. <laughs> um, there was no way that we were, we were getting away from some of that. So we very much had to have some willpower against that. So, you know, you, you always have the, the out available, whether that is apples, bananas, strawberries, whatever it is that you actually like. And we had to kind of learn to like fruit. Um, but once you kind of cut out all that other stuff, that stuff actually becomes very appealing. We pack a massive cooler of fruits and vegetables and there's some soups and canned goods and stuff that we are, that are our go-to like emergency food that we take with us to work every day. Like I'm, I'm just about rolling in with an actual like full-size cooler these days of stuff for us to always have out, you know, what is your, what it's so that you don't pick up the Oreo so that you don't pick up the, the thing that's not healthy for you. We're a society where of very busy people and we're, we super need convenience. And so you've got to figure out how to make it convenient for you to eat the healthy thing. And sometimes, you know, granola bars at the store, well, that's not, that's full of sugar and it's full of processed this and that. And so that's not necessarily the healthy thing. So what do you pick as the healthy thing? And it's going to be a different answer for everybody, I think. For us, it's been, it's been fresh fruit. And I don't think, I think Jeff has tested the limits of the amount of apples you can eat in one day. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that. like we go to the grocery store to buy apples and the lady's like, oh my gosh, are, how many pies are you making? And we're like, well, no, no, these are for, like, there's literally like three dozen apples on the conveyor belt. <laughs> what are your favorite apples? Okay, there you go. I'm an I'm an apple connoisseur. I uh because I my favorites are Fuji and Gala. I okay. love Fuji's are my favorite. Fuji's and Galas aren't bad. They're on okay. I they, I pick those up, but um, oh, honey crisp. Ooh. Honey crisp. Um, honey crisp, yeah. Okay. Honey crisp. Um the pink lady. Love the pink Ooh. lady apples. They have, have you guys ever have you guys ever went um apple picking up in um what is it Charlottesville? Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Carter, Carter Mountain. Carter Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah. picked a bunch of pink ladies up there. It was delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm all about uh, you know, most of these stores they have six or you know, different types of apples and and I'll kind of pick based on what's on sale. And uh yeah, I eat a lot of apples, love apples. But as we got some of the processed food out of our diet you know, early on, some of those foods didn't taste good at all. But once our, once we kind of started getting away from it, moving away from it, you know, healthy foods like sugar snap peas and carrots and oh, just yeah. taste like so a good. Of carrots a day. Yeah. I, for breakfast, I love carrots. I have little carrots. I just nibble on. And uh, so it's it, but our palate changed, but early on, I was, I would have turned my nose up at a carrot. Well, like, and you have to, you have to find, you have to find the thing that satisfies you and makes you not like angry that you don't get to have a piece of cake after dinner. You know, I started doing um, a cup of coffee after dinner at night because I needed something sweet that kind of gave me that, that sated feeling. And so, you know, so a cup of coffee became my thing for after, you know, in the evenings, because you're sitting and watching TV or you're sitting and doing whatever. And we use, we're usually on the computer or doing something like that. 
and we were used to snacking and, and drinking something that was not healthy. And so we had to find something that took that place. And I think that's going to be different for everybody. And so uh, same thing with, um, with lunches, you know, we had to find the go-to emergency lunch, you know, so that you don't run out for some kind of fast food. So we found some soups that we really liked. Um, there's some vegetarian soups that are really good. So A, that's high in fiber because that's what I'm looking for. I would take uh, frozen spinach and throw frozen spinach into my soup. So that adds more nutrition and that adds more fiber. So some of those, some of those are kind of my, my hacks to, you know, you're getting a lot more um, vegetables in your diet and that keeps you sated longer and you're, you're, you know, from being hungry longer. Well, I think a big thing for you guys is you guys are doing this together and yeah. um, keeping each other accountable because <laughs> If one person wasn't, you know, and was bringing all the snacks in and, and whatnot, it would <laughs> well, and we'll hear that. We've heard that from some of our, person. we've heard that from some of our customers, even like, oh, I wish my husband would do this or, you know, and it's like, well, you know, to some extent we both fed off of each other. Like I saw him, uh, there was something, I saw him have a little bit more success and I was like, okay, I'm going to do what he's doing. Cause I'm not quite doing it the way he is. And so then I started to have a little bit more success. And so then, you know, we kind of, it definitely, it definitely helped. Just going back to your, your running journey. Um, you guys are part of Kemsville Run Club, like you guys were saying. And Edwin and I, and a couple of our other buddies, we had the opportunity to actually run with you guys. Yeah. And yeah. you guys, phenomenal runners, phenomenal people. And we really enjoyed that time. And I understand that you guys are part of, the leadership there now is that correct yeah so um we were attending all the club meetups and extremely faithful yeah very <laughs> faithful and so at the end of 21 we had uh it was a group i think of about five facilitators and uh a um, couple stepped down and just you know different parts of their life where they're like look I'm, i need to step back and so they asked us to step up and fill those ro roles and so there's five of us now that uh kind of spearhead the efforts to to keep the invites out and to keep the, uh, you know, the pictures and the Instagram and the social media going. And uh, I tell you, we've been inspired by Spark because you guys have just just lit it up. I mean, with your your graphics and your merch and uh, uh, early right, on. Yeah, yeah, early on, uh, you know, when we were getting into the running community and and just kind of seeing what's out there. And what I loved was uh, showing up to that one first challenge event and you guys launched with a prayer. You launched your yeah. run with a prayer. And then I saw you guys when you had your first uh, run with Peter or run like John, run like Peter run. And uh, you guys were praying on the ocean front on the boardwalk. And I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Joe, it was you, Edwin. And I think maybe John, the three of you guys, maybe just praying on the boardwalk. And I was just like, wow, those guys at their core, that's to be bold. About yes. It. Yeah. So I remember early on in my journey, I was out running and, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of my solo runs are a great time for, you know, a little bit of meditation for me to just talk to God and just, just have a conversation with him. And, and I just, I pretty much was, was talking with him and I said, Hey, look, I know that decisions I've made with health and food have got me to where I'm at right now. But as I take steps to get healthier, I want you to prosper it and bless it. And, and he definitely did. And I feel like that's, you know, it's just been a, just, I mean, just a glide path to get down here where now we're getting to this, this maintenance phase, we call it, where we're just trying to maintain and fuel our runs and our races and, and maintain a healthy weight. And that's pretty awesome. Um, so 
If anybody's interested in running with a Kensville Run Club, how can they get in contact with uh, the club? Do you guys run Wednesday? I think. What did you, you guys schedule again? Uh, Wednesday at six thirty. So we float around Kemsville yeah. every Wednesday at six thirty, and then uh, Saturdays our normal club meets at six thirty. And some of uh, the runners that have earlier work schedules, uh, we have what we call early birds at five fifteen, and some people run for one or both. And uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Kemsville Run Club, and Facebook, Kemsville Run Club. And so we try to post reminders and uh, and recaps pretty much on. Uh, uh, pretty daily basis. Yeah, and you can always send a DM if there are questions. Yep. Yeah, I feel like you guys need to change your name though, because to like URC, the Ultra Run Club, because <laughs> I feel like everybody in that run club has run ultras. Um, because <laughs> you got the five fifteen and then the six thirty, but then you got people running both of those um to get like a half in on a Saturday morning, which is yeah, awesome. like that's our usual. That's-, that's that's become pretty regular. So when we joined the Kempstow Run Club. And uh, I couldn't run a mile without, you know, taking a break. And, you know, as the mileage crept up to three miles on a run or five miles on a run, especially our Saturday morning route, uh, we have a three miler and a five miler and uh, making that turn on WAF to make it a five mile run. I remember the first time I did that. And there's just some people in the club that are just like, look, you don't have to run, you know, all out all the time, you know, and, and starting to learn more about running and running 80% easy pace. When I finally got it through my head that 80% of my run should be at an easy pace, that's when my mileage shot up. And um, and it was like the light bulb finally turned on, even though I had heard it a bunch. It's like, wow, if I don't run as hard, it doesn't fatigue my legs. Um, I can recover quicker. I could run in the morning and then I feel like I could run in the afternoon. But, uh, but yeah, we've got some three morning runners where if you run the 515 and the 630, you can get a half marathon in on a Saturday. And then by eight o'clock, you got your coffee and showered up and you're ready to launch into the weekend. Well, and that's, that was one of the things that really kind of drew us to the club too, was because it was like, oh, well, I got the work in early and now I have the entire rest of my day. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, actually, that's, that's how the 515 crew actually kind of grew. We were, Jeff was training for his very first half marathon and we, you know, we were following these training plans and six and a half miles wasn't enough. And we didn't want to run after because we really like to, to stay after and talk with everybody. So we were like, okay, we'll, we'll go early and we'll get in miles early. And then when we're done, we, we can sit and talk and have coffee with everybody. So out of that grew this 515 group that meets on Saturdays. And they're all ultra runners. <laughs> just about I, all of them, pretty much. It, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to be around the Kinsler Run Club and not hear at least the mention of, you know, some kind of long distance run. We keep talking about ultra running. What exactly is an ultra runner? Can you like elaborate on what an ultra runner is? Yeah, so so an ultra runner would be somebody who runs an ultra marathon. And an ultra marathon is just basically any distance run longer than 26.2 miles, longer than a marathon. The, the probably the the accepted distance would be like a 50k, like a 31 mile run. That's a pretty common first ultra marathon distance, but it can also be a timed race. It can be a eight hour event where you just stay moving for eight hours and try to cover as many miles as you can. And that's how um, we started. We, um, we did, uh, Karen Sanzo, one of the local race directors in the area, she does, um, just uh, a training, just run. a training run is her company. 
and she had an eight hour race. And, um, one of our friends from the club said, you know, you should, you guys should do that and just see how many miles you rack up. And in the beginning it was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to try and get, you know, 26 mile. I want to try and get that marathon distance. And by the time we actually got around to running it, it was like, Oh, I want that 50 K I want that. I want that 31 miles. And that was my very first, um, my very first ultra. Cause I did 35 miles. Jeff, you did 38. I think so. I think yeah. That was just last nice. November. That was our, that was our first wow. eight hour timed event. And the, the thing about an ultra that is perhaps for me, not even as scary as a marathon, because that's the, the marathon. A lot of people will jump from a half marathon to an ultra because that marathon distance, you know, especially if you're running for, for pace, you're just, you're tied to your watch and it's like a three to four or five hour run, like almost max effort where an ultra marathon is more about, you know, uh, possibly a slower pace an easier pace, but for a longer distance for a longer period of time. And it just seemed like more manageable. Uh, a lot of ultra marathoners, um, eat real food, you know, instead of us eating on gels and, uh, and splashing water down on the go, we might stop and grab some strawberries or grapes or pierogies, pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> PBJs, PBJs. Mm. So, uh, they joke that ultras, you know, you run from uh, snack table to snack table. And, uh, and uh, so it's just a different, a different vibe, the ultra running community. Um, I think they celebrate, you know, completing the distance or the event and, and maybe not so much tied to the time it takes to do it. Yeah. It's funny that um, you mentioned uh, scarfing down uh, PBJs because we had <laughs> Edwin and I, we had a conversation with our friend Ryan and I believe Ryan, he came out with, with you guys to a 20 mile run, I believe. And he was saying that, man, everybody just so hospitable. I didn't even bring anything. Like I didn't bring water. I I didn't bring any (laughs) gels. Yeah. He was that guy that ran with y'all. Um, when y'all ran in false Cape. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So unprepared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was not expecting any of that. And then Edwin was like, yeah, you just got to understand ultra runners are just a different breed, man. <laughs> they, they're, they're just built different. Oh, like, he, he impressed because we're, he we're crushed it. We're trying to it. get him into the club. Yeah. yeah. Join us. <laughs> he crushed it because I think going into that run, I think he had told us that his longest run was about 10 miles before that day. Yeah. And, and I mean, he showed up and ran with Jake States, who doesn't. And not slow by any means. No, Jake does not run anywhere slow. Yeah, and, he's uh, quick. Yeah, they were they impressed for sure. Yeah, so you had a hundred mile race earlier in this. Was it this month or last month? April. It was our no, no, no. It was May. It was. Oh, you're right. It was the weekend of our wedding anniversary. That's right, our twenty (laughs) fifth wedding anniversary weekend. Tell us a little bit about that. What what was the name of that race? The biggest, the biggest question that we have for you is why? Why would you do that to yourself, Jeff? Yes, why? (laughs) So, so that race, that race is a certain type of uh, ultra format. It's called a a last man standing event and it's called the backyard ultra where, so a yard is 4.167 miles and you have to run that distance every hour on the hour or you're eliminated. You can go as fast or as slow as you want, as long as you get back in time to start the next yard. That's right. So so it's not chip time. It doesn't matter if you run the four miles in 40 minutes or if you take 58 minutes, as long as you finish it in the hour and you get back in the start corral to do it again, uh, you keep going and you keep going until only one person runs a lap solo and then the race is over. And that's the end of the race. 
So there's one winner and everybody else gets a DNF for did not finish, <laughs> oh my um, which is kind of harsh. But um, there were some openings in the race going into the event. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to try to set a distance PR uh, with support. So I went after it and, and my reach for the stars goal was, you know, if I could get to a hundred miles, that would be my A goal, my crushed it goal. And um, I tell you, um, as people started to drop out for little injuries or stomach issues, I found myself, uh, me and Mike Kapitanakis, who's just a, a beast of a runner. And I told Mike, I was like, Mike, what's your goal? And he's like, I want to win this thing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I said, well, my goal this is, is to, a, this is like 85 miles in. Yeah, this is, this, to yeah this is this about 85 miles in. So it's the two of us in the middle of the night. It's about three or 4 a.m. And and I said, well, that's great, because I, if I can just hit 100 miles, I'll be satisfied. Um, if I make it till dawn, I, I know I can get there. And so uh, that's what I did. I and at that point, you know, we were running packs during the day, you know, running with other people chatting. But once it was the two of us. Mike's a quick runner. So he was running loops in probably 45 minutes and I was running loops in about 53 minutes. And so I just put some worship music on and just, it was a full moon, full moon. And, and I just had a great time. And then, uh, Dawn came and, uh, hit that hundred mile mark. And, uh, and I was like, all right, walked, walked a half a loop, uh, just to get vainly get my Strava up above a hundred miles. Cause you, you can't neglect your Strava, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> His Garmin was like a mile yeah. short. I think, if, you, I think Mike, if you didn't track it on Trava, it doesn't count. Or did you right. really run? I think <laughs> I think Mike was Mike was asking me. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I was like, "Uh, my Strava says 99 miles, so I need to walk and get this above 100 before I quit." So Mike busted out his fastest lap, his loop of the race with like 40 minute loop. He was ready to be done, and he could have run his all last, day his long. Very last one. His very ridiculous. last one. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. But, so. you know, you get to that point where you've, you've trained, you've trained so much that your body's actually ready for it. And I think Jeff was at this point where physically he had it in him. He thought he had it in him. I mean, you know, it's a test because you don't know, because he's never been there before. I think 63 miles, 65 miles was the most he'd ever done in a day. And so it was one of those things where okay, physically he was there and his body was probably ready for it. So he's like, let's just, let's go out and see, you know, he never expected to be the last, you know, one of the last two runners of this race, there were supposed to be a whole bunch of other people who were better than him who were when, so when he got to the hundred mile mark, he wasn't literally the last, you know, second to last one, um, mm -hmm. which is how it turned out. But it was, it really, I, so his why I think is, let's just see what I can do. Let's just see what the body will do. And yeah. I think that's what draws us a lot to ultra running is, well, you know, I've got 10 hours. Let's just see what my body will do. Let's see how far I can go. And, you know, I've had this conversation in the woods with myself, like, okay, I, you can physically run. So you, you need to run. I know you're 33 miles into this race, but there's no reason for you to not run other than you just don't want to. So you, you, you have these conversations in your head where you're like, okay, you're testing those limits. You're testing what the body will do. And it was like, okay, let's, let's make the legs move. And you just, you do. And it's, it's, it's this ultimate just challenge. And I, I absolutely love that, that idea of, of testing the limits of, of where your mind and your body can take you. And that's what, that's what we saw and fell in love with when we, when we, um, went to crew a friend of ours at, a, at his, one of his ultras, we just saw 
the human spirit over and over and over again, just overcome really hard things. And it was like, well, I want to do that. And just to put it in perspective, I mean, you know, like, and the challenge is, you know, a lot of it is mental overcoming that mental. Once I hit a hundred miles mentally, I was like, Hey, you reach your goal, shut it down. And my last loop was, I think I had done it in 48 minutes, but mentally it was like, no, you said a hundred miles, you're done. And it was like, okay. It was like, that was the end of my, my run. But to put it in perspective, um, that format's gotten really popular over the last few years. And they just set the world record several times. And it's been broken several times over the last year in Germany, in in May, in Germany, they set the world's record for that event for 375 miles, which is almost (laughs) four days straight of running. There's no intermission. There's no pause for sleep. You have to decide, you have to time when you go to the bathroom, you know, when you eat, when you drink, how you rest, when you change your shoes. So there were guys that were literally running a lap and trying to take a six minute nap over the course of almost four days of running. So just to put it in perspective, I mean, there's, and and that's what's so great about running is, you know, everything's so exposed with Strava and the internet and social media, you know, you look at, wow, well, you know, doing a hundred miles, there's people doing 375. It's crazy. So Yeah. yeah. There's no ceiling. It's like the ceiling's been broken, you know, and it's like, wow, look at what these people have do, can do. What am I capable of? Yeah. yeah, that's that's so inspiring because it's almost like, well, a lot of the ultra runners I know are, are older in age. So it's almost like you age like wine or something like as you get <laughs> older, like it's like yeah. as you get older, I feel like um, you're mentally ready. Cause I, cause I read somewhere like you, even with marathons, like the average age of marathoners or just a, like in their forties or something, something weird like that. I hope we didn't scare anyone off of being an ultra runner, but <laughs> what do you guys right. have? Like if, if anyone's ever considering going over the marathon, uh, the 26.2, um, just tips on training tips on recovery, nutrition. I mean, how's yeah. that even work? Yeah. Training, training, I would say, you know, long, slow distance runs, you know, long, long, slow distance, keeping that heart rate in the easy pace and your miles will, will naturally creep up. That doesn't mean that you can't go out and run a 5k or 8k or, and just burn it down. But for these long runs, you have to think about, you know, being uh, efficient with your energy and Hey, if I'm going to maintain a running movement for eight hours, I can't, give all I got in the first hour, I'll be done. So just long, slow pace. Well, and those timed races are a great introduction. And I think that's what, I think that's what helped to hook us with it. You know, the, the eight hour race that we did, it was a, it was roughly a three mile loop. So we literally looped around to a, to a tent that we had set up with all of our stuff every three miles. And so you know, the bathrooms are there every three miles. So it's like a very safe, like you, like you're very safe in that you've got all the things that you need. So it's not like you're out in the middle of the woods, you know, 15 miles from home, you know, in, you know, when you're only halfway, you know, it's, um, they're great. And, and they're, and so they're, they're designed where you can quit at any time. Um, but if you commit to the eight hours and then let me just see what my body can do. And that's exactly what, 
you know, I knew that when I started that eight hour race, the pace that I was going, I was like, okay, I can, I can do this pretty much all day. I can keep this pace all day. So let's just see what each mile feels like on the body. And, you know, we got to, we got to the, you know, the, the marathon mark, the 26 mile mark. And I was like, well, this isn't so bad. I can keep going. And, you know, and then I ended up with 35 miles at the end of the day. And it was like, okay, well, so I can do this again, you know, and so we started to look for, for more things, but those timed events are just great introductions to, to some of that long distance, even if it's, even if you, you're just looking for something that's maybe more than a half marathon and it seems a little bit intimidating. So you guys ran um, several miles, like 3,500. There has to be some type of recovery. What do you guys do for that? There's uh, lots, lots of stretching, you know, yoga, these, uh, these uh, muscle rollers. Um, I'm a huge fan of pigeon. Oh, the pigeon <laughs> pose. Yeah. Pigeon yeah or as Danny Smith, the, the angry pigeon pose. Yeah. yeah I do um, remember that one. Yeah. But um, yeah. And, and, you know, also about, um, you know, while you're, you're doing those events, um, you know, hydrating with something that's got some calories like tailwind where you're not just drinking water, but you're drinking some liquid calories and that you're, you know, consuming. And they talk about sometimes after a run, it'll kind of, your appetite gets a little suppressed there. They say it's important to, to go ahead and eat after a run like that, to, to try to get your body to recover quickly. You know, even if you don't want to eat immediately after a run, trying to get some calories in soon after, uh, just to it's help like with recovery. Somehow jump starting your stomach again. Yeah, jump starting your recovery. Know. Yeah. It almost um, our recovery almost always involves a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good taco. Yes. <laughs> so when when I listen to you all's journey, I, I just can't help but think of there. There's this verse in, in Romans, and it, and it reads, "Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope." And Every time I'm listening to you guys speak, um, you guys had a journey of uh, losing weight. Um, then it trickled down to having a passion of running. So coming into running, um, what advice can you leave um, listeners who want to start running but don't know necessarily where to begin? Well, I would say with running, while running has definitely profited us physically, it also does so much for your mental state and it's helped me as you know spiritually so as i have gotten in better physical shape i've noticed that running does a lot to clear my head and i've noticed that spiritually i've become stronger as i got in better condition physically mentally i was stronger uh spiritually i was growing stronger uh and just kind of the whole person um you know just all growing you know going in the right direction I would say, yeah, I would say use it, use your run or whatever time that is. If you're going to just go for a start with a walk or a slow jog or however you're starting, use it as a way to spend time with God or use it as a way to spend time in some worship music. Mm. Um, we did that early on quite a bit where you just we put on elevation worship um, on Spotify and just kind of soak nice. in some of that. And you're, you're, because I know there were times when I was singing out loud on my runs and people <laughs> had to be looking at me like, good night, stop. <laughs> but, but use it as a time of, of, of devotion to, to some extent. You know, I would also listen to, um, to audiobooks too, but also you can listen to sermons. So many, you know, so much, so much of that is online now where you can actually nourish yourself spiritually 
you know, even though you're also working physically. Yeah, it's definitely a good way to multitask there. It's like put for on sure. a, sometimes I'll put a gonna get a podcast or sermon yeah. and just yeah. you know go for a run as yeah. well. And when it comes to to starting on the running journey, shoes. Um, shoes yeah, definitely shoes. Oh, shoes. Go, go to a running store, do a gait analysis, get fitted for a wonderful pair of shoes. When I put on my first pair of shoes, I thought I was walking on clouds. <laughs> yeah. and they felt so good. Yeah. Um, that's probably the core thing is get a good pair of shoes. And then at that point, you just you just slowly work at it. And if you mm-hmm. keep putting in the time and putting in the work, distance will come, pace comes down. Well, um, and realize that you don't start at the top of the ladder. You know, you've got to take each rung as you get up to the top of it. So realize that where everybody else is that you might be running with, they might not, you know, you might not be able to run as fast as them. And I had to be very comfortable with running by myself in the beginning because I was not fast. Mm -hmm. And even now, even now, especially as we head into the summer and the heat, I have to slow down my runs just to keep my heart rate in check. And so that means, that means a lot of times I'm by myself and I have to be okay with that. And I have to be comfortable with you know, whatever neighborhood we're running in, I have to be okay with being by myself. So you've got to, you know, as a female, I have to be prepared to not be scared. I mean, there's a little bit of intimidation that can come with that. And, and some of that is, is the places that we run. I know the areas very well, and I know that I'm safe, but you know, there's a little bit of ego that I had to kind of put in check because of that. That, that, That's awesome. So every guest that we have on we love to play um what we call rapid fire challenge so we're just going to throw little questions at you and, and you just give whatever answer that you guys want to give the, sure, <laughs> right. let's do it. all right cool so first one is ultra marathons or traditional marathons oh ultra ultra marathons for sure support crew or running the ultra Ooh. oh the- we have <laughs> support crew, I will say, has been more life-changing to me than yeah. actually running an event. Oh, supporting wow. somebody, yeah. supporting somebody and having them achieve something big is is almost more fulfilling. And I'd say probably has I'd been more fulfilling, too, yeah. more emotional than doing it myself. Yeah. Wow. See, that's why y'all come to Spark. <laughs> there you yeah. go. All right. So here, here's one. Uh sunrise or sunset runs. Sunrise. Sunrise most of the time, but I'll do I'll do both. Do midnight runs for Jeff. <laughs> Those are moon moon moonlight. Moonlight, moonlight yeah. runs. Moonlight. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you when you when you find when Strava switches from night to day, yeah, you know that you're running <laughs> in those hours. Yes. That's funny. Um, favorite race you've run. Uh, the Bull Run Run 50 Miler for me. That was an incredible event. A group put it on called uh, VHTRC. Uh, I think it's Virginia Happy Trails Run Club. They're a lot like the Tidewater Striders we have locally. Um, they're, in Northern Virginia. they're in Northern Virginia. And it was just so many volunteers, so many cheery people. The venue, uh, running through the Bluebells and the uh, Aquacon Trail uh, was just awesome. Awesome. Yeah, mine's, mine would have been the No Man's 50K. Mm. Um, Prince William Park, just outside of Quantico in Northern Virginia. And it was just a, it was a great. And again, this was one of those things where I had to be happy running by myself because I ran pretty much the entire 33 miles by myself. Um, occasionally with some people, but it was, um, it was super fun. 
And the No Man's 50K, the, the thing behind that is it's a women's only trail run. It's women's only. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if anybody That's wants awesome. to join, if anybody wants to do it, hit me up. We'll <laughs> we'll put a group together for next um, next March. Yes. <laughs> okay. So how about this one? Uh, warm weather or cold weather? Cold, cold weather. Cold. It's like turbo. Yeah, turbo. I totally agree on that one. Yeah, for sure. Music or no, no music on runs? Audio book. I go music. Mm. Yes, music. I go music. It's, yes. ne- it's never no music. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. All right, and the last one that we have, a uh, favorite shoe to run in. Brooks Ghost 13s. Very nice. Yeah, mine's going to have to be the Ghost. Although I really like the Glycerin. Yeah, we're kind of a Brooks true. I tell you, with shoes, uh, Hoka has like almost a cult following. And uh, Angela wanted so bad to be part of the Hoka cult, but she bought a pair and just couldn't make them work. So. I, apparently, I need to yeah. try some Nikes, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nikes are good. Edwin and I, we try a lot of um, a lot of shoes. Um, but I am reading this book uh, called Running with Purpose, and it's the creator of Brooks. And I do have a newfound respect for Brooks. Oh, they are wow. a very amazing company. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. So, hey, where, where can people find you guys? Plug your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck our business. Oh my goodness. We are so flooded with business right now. Um, we run um, Able Auto Service, auto repair shop on Military Highway in Virginia Beach. Where can they find you guys in on uh, Instagram? Instagram. Our Instagram account for Able Auto Services no, has no, like no. three posts. Like... <laughs> no, your, person, your personal. Personal. Jeff, personal, yes. Jeff is Pinbuster300 on Instagram and I'm, I am Angela Jordan on Instagram. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys follow them. Yeah, they have an them. amazing journey. Uh, make sure Inspiring to follow people. Kempsville Run Club. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We're looking forward to that. Kempsville Run Club Spark Joint Run. That's coming yeah. up soon. The Very soon. We need to set that up. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna make that happen. Not not an ultra marathon then though. Then we're all gonna go run, <laughs> right. Then we're all gonna go run the Richmond Marathon together. Oh yes, go. yes. Let's go. do that. Let's yeah. do this. All right. Thank you. Th- right, thank you, you so much. Yes. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Actually, I got one more question. You got you got one more. Okay. Got one more. I think you got one more too. <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can ask this together. Okay. So, <laughs> are you guys? Fire starters. Are you a fire starter? Are you a fire, fire starter? Yeah. 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 Yeah.